Welcome to the Building Heroes Podcast, where we learn to build heroes in our homes to help our kids be prepared for their life journeys. Hi, I'm your host, Molly Christensen, and I love to encourage and mentor you on your path. Hey everyone, welcome to the Building Heroes Podcast. This is episode number 60, and today I'm excited to introduce you to Tandy Hogate, who is amazing. She is a mom, homeschool mom for kids. She's been married to her high school sweetheart for nearly 30 years. She has two grandkids and a commercial U-Pick farm and a whole bunch of pets. She homeschooled her kid, older kids all the way through high school. And now she's currently homeschooling her fifth grader. And she just has the best heart for homeschool moms who are just trying to do their best, but sometimes just don't have a clear vision of what they feel like they can do. And so she is launching a brand new ministry called Homeschool Hindsight, which pairs seasoned homeschool moms with ones who need encouragement because my goodness, as a homeschool mom, it's a tough path. And we can always definitely use encouragement. So welcome, Tandy. Oh, thank you, Molly. I'm so glad to be here. Well, thank you for being here. And I would love to hear more about your story and your journey and how you got to where you are. Because I also forgot to mention that you live up in Alaska, which is super <laughs> cool, like both ways. It's literally very cool. <laughs> So we, we, my husband and I were born and raised in a very small town in Crow. Actually, it was a town that my great grandparents, um, found, they founded the town. So my roots ran pretty deep there. And, um, my husband and I, we'd been married for, I don't know, maybe 10 years, close to 10 years. And things just happened as sometimes does in life. And we found ourselves, um, facing a move. We knew we needed to go somewhere. Just the job opportunities that my husband had weren't what they needed to be. So, um, anyway, that's how we ended up in Alaska. So it was, it was a, we came up here. We didn't know anyone. We went from a town where we all had deep roots and family everywhere and family was kind of everything. And, uh, we ended up here where we knew absolutely no one and we didn't know a soul. And it was definitely different. And we moved up in January, which, um, it's dark and it's cold and it's, you don't go outside, you know, a lot. I mean, we weren't equipped to do any of the winter outside things. So, um, but it was good. I'm glad we're here. That was almost 20 years ago. So. Wow. Very neat. So how did you start homeschooling then? So it was, did Alaska play into that? (laughs) No, it didn't really. Uh, (laughs) It was one of my best friends. Um, she and I had talked about it some when our kids were little before they were even in school. And I, if it, if it had been her, because I trusted, you know, we, we were very close and I trusted her. I would have thought that it was just another weird idea, (laughs) but but because it came from her, we talked about it a lot more and she was definitely homeschooling. She had already made her decision. And, um, so I thought, well, let's try it. I mean, I really, really enjoyed just having my kids around and just naturally in life, we'd done so much with just reading books and, you know, it just seemed like we could naturally maybe do this. So, um, 
and we did. There was a lot of bumps in the road, but we did. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. So what were some of the bumps in the road? Yeah, so you tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, um, you know, I think our, our family, though, we have the neatest, just most gracious family. I, I think our I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure my parents were very worried. They were like, Oh no, what are you going to do? You're going to ruin these poor kids. But, um, so I'm sure that was part of it though. They were extremely supportive. Um, but also that I would say that's where kind of Alaska comes in because, um, we had, they had plenty of people when we were living in Oregon, we had, they had friends, we had, we lived in a neighborhood. So we had, um, kids around, you know, there, there just was, there was plenty of time and room for social, interaction with family and stuff. And then, um, when we moved to Alaska, my greatest fear was we're going to end up like in the middle of nowhere and we'll never speak to another soul kind of thing, (laughs) which was irrational, but I'd never been here. I didn't know anything about it. So, um, it was kind of neat. I, um, we were attending, um, a church again, and I just asked our pastor, I said, is there one of the same denomination in, Alaska. And so he helped me research and we found one that was actually in the town we were moving to. So when we went, um, the very, fir- our very first day at church, we ended up locking ourselves out of the house we were staying in and we weren't going to be able to get a key for, for like six hours. <laughs> and I left my purse at home. I had no money. We had no money. We were in a town. We didn't know we were in a church where we knew absolutely no one. And, um, and we had hours to kill and it was January in Alaska. It was cold. So we were just gonna have to sit in our car essentially, or walk around Fred Meyer or something. And, um, a gal came up and introduced herself and she said, she just, for some reason figured we must homeschool. <laughs> we must look like homeschoolers. I don't know. Um, and she said, she introduced herself and they invited us for lunch for the afternoon. That was the coolest thing. So we didn't end up having to sit in our car for five hours waiting to get the key to get back into our house. But um, anyway, but that kind of, we just kind of immediately then got plugged into the homeschool community in the church. And there were several families and um, they're still some of our dearest friends, some of the people that we met at that church. We don't um, anyway. So that was, that was kind of a neat thing. Um, and Alaska was different with homeschooling because it, it just offers so many amazing opportunities for kids, not necessarily for homeschool kids, but because our kids were homeschooled, they had more time to be able to do some of these things. Like our, our church actually had a, bought an airplane, um, because a lot of the ministry is Bush ministry here. And so, um, but they, so then they let the kids be involved in building this plane all the way from, you know, the, um, the mechanics of it to wrapping it in with the fabric and, my kids got to be involved in that. That's huge. What kids get to do stuff like that. So it was, it was pretty neat. Um, I feel like, I feel like living up here has really given us and some gave us some incredible opportunities as homeschool. Wow, that is, that is super cool. Like seriously, who gets to build a plane, you know? <laughs> and, and <laughs> the thing is, I think sometimes we think as moms, oh, but I don't have any cool opportunities like that. But I think at the same time, if we open our minds, we'll start seeing them and our, you know, our minds and our eyes, and we will start seeing them more than we think, you know, so that's cool. And I think it's important that we know what our kids love and seek out those opportunities. So my, um, my, probably our, the example that I share the most is, 
my son, when he was 14 years old, he, he had worked quite a bit and had earned quite a bit of money. And he um, asked us if he could please use the money that he had earned to buy an old truck and then spend in Alaska. You can actually start driving at 14. You have to drive for two years. You can drive for two years with a permit before you get your license. So he said he wanted to get this truck and get it fixed up so that when he got his license at 16, he'd have a rig that was paid for and mechanically sound. And but he had never done any real mechanic work before. Um, but, um, you know, it was his money and we decided that would be fine. So he, um, and the other thing is he was really, he's a go-getter and he's a, he's a mover. Like he's a, a mobile kid. He's, he needed to be challenged. We were struggling a little bit with him in school and, um, you know, there was attitude in there too, (laughs) probably from both he and his mom, (laughs) uh, but I just knew like we were missing something. But I, I didn't know what, like, I just knew that I, you know, have you ever been at the, where you just feel like, okay, this isn't our best. This isn't what, this isn't right, but I don't know how to fix it. So, um, he asked to buy this truck and we approved it and he, um, man, school changed because he knew he couldn't do anything with a truck until his school was done. But also my idea of school changed in that, um, instead of giving him, work that was probably, I knew that he was not college bound. I knew he wasn't a college bound kid. If anything, he was going to be headed to trade school. Um, so it shifted my focus from him scoring well, like on his SA, on his SATs and, you know, trying to get him into a good college to where is he even, where's, where does, what is, what was he created for? Was it, what was he created to do? And I remember as a little kid, I'd watch him and I'd look at his hands and I thought this kid is going to work with his hands. There was just something about that. So he bought the truck and oh my goodness, he spent every penny and every minute with that truck. And he didn't just, it was an old, it was ugly, um, which was surprising because he's kind of a flashy kid, but, um, he ended up switching it from, um, a automatic to a manual transmission. He rebuilt the engine. He, um, you know, new wheels and tires and did stuff like that. He also, um, built a paint room in our barn and, um, painted the truck. My dad came and helped him with that. And he painted, he didn't, it wasn't a solid color. It was red, white, and blue. (laughs) And, um, and then my mom flew up and, helped him with all the interior and they like, they redid the seats and they redid the head, whatever the headboard or whatever is above you. And like the whole thing, it was, it was amazing that he can, there wasn't a piece of that truck that he didn't touch. Um, and that was, that made all the difference in his school and some of the assignment, you know, I gave him assignments like, um, he, well, he had to write about the whole process. He had to document the whole process. So he took pictures, he made a slideshow, he wrote a report, Um, I made him keep account of his financials. So if he ever sold the truck, he'd know if he made money or if he lost money on it, which it didn't really matter. That wasn't the point of it, but it was math. And I was able to incorporate some real life math into these things. And um, he had to learn social skills as far like talking with people he didn't know. He had to talk to a lot of parts people. He had to learn to explain himself when he needed help with something. He had to learn research skills because he'd never done any mechanic work at all before. So that was pretty incredible. The really, really fun part of this story is that now he's 27 and he started um, like four years ago, five years ago, he was working up on the North Slope in the oil fields and um, he just, it just wasn't the life for him. He had a wife and kid at home and he didn't like
performance diesel um, business. And now that's his sole income. It's a multi-million dollar business. He um, has, I don't know, like 15, I think employees and it's incredible. And it's, and I just think back and I'm like, man, I am so glad we said yes to that truck. Cause it, I really think that that sent him on this trajectory to exactly what God had created him for. I love that because, you know, too often as homeschool moms, and, and I know I started out this way and I think most homeschool moms do, you know, you look at all the stuff that they have to learn before they leave high school. And I'm pretty sure refurbishing a truck's not on that list. Um, (laughs) But, you know, and and we start saying, oh, here's the checklist list. You need to know this, this, and this. And, and the problem is the kids start going, well, why don't I have to know that? You know, I don't care. Why do I have to know that? (laughs) And, And, but mom is all stressed out because we want to make sure the kids get a good education. And we're like, because you have to, because I said so. And, and that just doesn't light them up. It just doesn't spark the spark. And it, you know, and, and I love that you're pointing out too, it's like each kid has their own path. You know, God created each child, each person for something amazing that can help other people. They have specific gifts and talents that they can work with. It's, it doesn't mean we can't learn more things but it's just like what you're saying. Yes. And when we can let go of that as homeschool moms, that is so valuable. Let go of the checklist is what I mean. Not the spark. Uh, Exactly. Well, the checklist is a nice place to start, but if it's not lighting up our kids, then, you know, that attitude thing comes in you're talking about with mom and kid. So, So much so. And you can keep the checklist, but the, 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 the box that you check doesn't have to look the same for every kid. I think that's math was super important. He had to learn math. They, you know, that just because he wasn't college bound doesn't mean I wanted to dumb down his education at all. As a matter of fact, I mean, he now owns a business. Think of the math that he has to do. Granted he has accountants and all that stuff now, but when he first started this business, he had to do all of that himself and it had to add up. So in order to make it grow to the point that it's at today, he had to have all of those skills. He had to be able to write and communicate and, and add and subtract and all yeah, that. For sure. And I'm not saying throw the checklist out. I'm just saying, don't let it be your master. You know, yeah. it should be there as a guide to help you, you know, have ideas, what direction should we go? But really our biggest guide is looking at the kid. What lights them up? What gets them excited? You know, I, I have a son that built me a shed when he was 16 because he was so excited to do it. Now, he doesn't own a business building sheds or anything yet, but he's still got time. <laughs> he's younger. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, think about what you have to learn and just doing these hands-on things. And I think sometimes too, especially for boys, we sit there and say, you have to sit here and do your book work, do your book work. And um, they can benefit so much with just getting out and doing things with their hands. I, I kind of feel like a lot of the stuff in the public school system is geared more towards girls in a sense, because if we're going to stereotype, they have an easier time with that type of a system, sitting down and doing the book work and learning that way. Um, And so as homeschoolers, it's really fantastic that we have that freedom that, you know, they can still do the book work, but they can do it in their way. They can do it upside down if they want to. I definitely had kids doing it that way, you know, (laughs) they can do it however, but they don't have to we don't have to be their taskmaster so much because we can mix things up 
a lot more too, which is so great. So yeah, very freeing when you start to think outside of that box, those boxes, I guess, too. But I mean, I still like checklists. So <laughs> yes. Well, and the checklist is nice because it, it does serve as your guide. And I think that's important. You know, you, you just can't throw it all out. But and, and some people do. I mean, I guess I know of a couple of home, of unschoolers, you would call them. And I mean, I would have, when I first started homeschooling, if I would have heard of, you know, the idea of unschooling, I would have been like, that's weird. And you're going to ruin your child. But now I've seen it be done beautifully. And it just, you know, I think when the, when the parents are completely 100% engaged in, and they have a vision for where they're wanting to take their kids, I think that's, that's so important because if you, if you know what you're trying to do, you're trying to just raise respectable kids who are going to work hard, be honest, um, and, and happy. You want them to, to grow up and be happy adults and well-adjusted. And, you know, you think of all the things, well, that starts super young and, and it, it takes, it takes a lot of work to, to, to get that, um, built up in them for sure. Yeah, for sure. And that's exactly why I named my whole business Building Heroes Academy is because that's what we want to do. We want to create that vision for them. We want to build them into the people they're meant to become. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, it's building heroes, but I'm I'm not trying to raise Superman who goes around saving people, right? (laughs) You know, it's people who are willing to go on the hero's journey on their own path to become what they're meant to become and to be um, you know, the types of people that their parents would like them to be, <laughs> which, you know, parents want their kids to be respectable and hardworking and happy and well-adjusted and all those other things you said, you know, with good character, right? That's what we want for our kids. And we want them to be a little bit better than us too, if not a lot better. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So, and I, and I think that ties in really well with what we're talking about here with the checklist, you know, because sometimes we start trying to put our kids on the path that everybody says they have to go on. And that's stressful because we're trying to make them go on a path that may or may not be theirs, you know? Exactly. Yep. So I love that. Um, you mentioned that one thing that really helped you when you moved up to Alaska was your community. And I think that's huge for homeschoolers because really as homeschoolers, we're going on a journey too, and it can be very lonely sometimes. I think the internet has probably helped a lot with connecting people, but at the same time, I think it's disconnected people too, because sometimes maybe we rely on it too much and we don't get together in person, (laughs) but, um, you want to talk a little bit more about how community has helped you in your homeschool journey and how you find community. What, you know, what's that look like for you? Yeah. So I homeschooling as a homeschool mom, it can be a very lonely experience because um, you're just immersed in your family. Every, from the time you get up until the time you go to bed, you are immersed in these humans that you're raising and likely your husband and you know, you have your, your circle is very small and it does take every minute of every day. It feels like, and especially, I mean, you have seasons where it just, it feels like it, it's all consuming, um, just to keep everyone, you know, on track or moving forward. And, um, but I, it's funny. I, every single time I hear, I see one of the memes that talks about socialization with homeschool kids. And I'm always like, oh, but the moms need socialization too. Don't forget that. So, um, 
I think finding community that kind of gets you, whatever that community is, is so very important because you're going to need encouragement too. So for me, we, um, of course, we're small town people. So we moved from our small town in Oregon to a small town in Alaska. And um, I mean, there, there was a homeschool community, but it was, it was um, pretty scattered. So when, when my kids were two were in junior high. And I I think my daughter was starting high school, I think is when we, when we went about this, it's been a while. So I don't remember the exact details, but, um, I was talking, I hate teaching science. I just don't like it. And so when I teach science, I I'm the worst science teacher ever. Like when I see experiments, I'm like, Oh, please. Can we skip that part? We're going to make a mess. We're going to, I have to go buy all this stuff for this. And then it's just going to get thrown away. Like we're going to make a mess. We're going to waste time. We're going to waste money. Like this is pointless. Um, but of course it isn't just because I'm a horrible science teacher. So I was talking to a friend at church and she said, well, she loved teaching science. So, um, so she said, well, maybe we could, maybe you and I could get together and maybe you could teach something to my kids and I could teach science to your kids. Well, the idea blossomed and we ended up starting a homeschool co-op that, um, when, while I was still director, I think we had 50 some families involved, which it doesn't seem huge, but it is huge. When we're in a tiny town, we have people driving over an hour just to come to our co-op. Um, and so, but as a, as a co-op leader, I had a vision for exactly what I wanted. I, we offered academics and the academics part of it was important, but more important was the connection, the community building and Um, you know, when you think of like the awkward teenage years, they're just hard for kids. I I mean, if you look back, I just saw a friend of mine posted the other day. She said, um, she said, it's a girl I went to high school with. And she said, I don't think there's enough money in the world to pay me to go back to high school. But the point of her post was your kids are there right now. If that's how you feel about it, then think about what they're going through right now. And I had never considered it from that perspective, but that was kind of the idea that I had then was how can I give my kids a, an awesome high school experience without putting them out, you know, uh, that's in a controlled environment. Um, so we started this co-op and it, it went, it worked really well, but it wasn't for everyone. So I think it's important when people, like I had friends who would say, I'm sorry, we're going to go do classical conversations. And I'd be like, good, go do classical conversations because we weren't offering that highly structured classical education. Ours was much more about character building. And we did have some academics, but it was, we tried to kind of balance it all. And um, so I I think that finding where you fit, where your kids fit, and if, if you can't find it, build, if you build it, they will come. Right. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. So, um, but it's super important to be either whether it be a small community or a big community, it's kind of whatever you need, but you need to be with people who are real and authentic, who understand um, the highs and lows of homeschooling. And, um, and one other thing, this is kind of to change the subject a little bit, but I think it's so important. And the older I get, the more I look back and see the importance of, um, I remember when my kids were younger and I'd look at people like with teenagers um, and they'd be kind of acting out and I'd be like, well, thankfully I'm homeschooling. My kids are never going to do that. And guess what? They did (laughs) all of those sins that I judged other parents for that their kids were doing. My kids thought that they would do it too. Um, 
I just think it's, I think being authentic and raw and real, and then also not judging other parents and letting them be authentic and raw and real and letting the mess in the background show up. And because we need each other, but we don't need each other on a superficial level. We need each other on, on a genuine, just, we're just trying to make it through the day and make the best decisions possible for our kids. And sometimes it's confusing and it's hard and it's frustrating. And sometimes it doesn't feel like you're getting anywhere and it feels like your kids hate you and your husband hates you and everybody hates you. (laughs) Um, I just think it's, it's just, I can't um, stress enough how important community, a real authentic community is whatever that looks like for each person. Yeah. I love that so much. And you're totally right. Like some people love co-ops or a certain type of co-op or whatever, and other people don't, and that's okay too. But I think just having the community is so, so important because you're right too. We, when we're homeschool moms, we tend to get fully immersed in our own families. Right. And sometimes I don't know about you, but when I am in the house for too long, I start noticing all the problems and it starts weighing down on me. And, and, you know, if you don't get out and you don't connect with other people, sometimes you forget that life is good. There's a lot of good people, a lot of good things out there. And and you do, you can just kind of get stuck in the muck, like literally. And we really were never meant to go on this journey alone. It was, it was never meant to do that. And I think it's extra hard for homeschool moms because we're such DIYers, right? <laughs> I mean, like, look, we're, we're homeschooling. We've been that on too, right? We think we can do everything, which we probably could, just not at the same time. But, you know, <laughs> we do still need each other for sure. So one thing that I really love about what you're doing is that you've been through this, you've done, been there, done that, and one of the greatest desires of your heart is to help other homeschool moms because you know it's a hard path and we do need each other. So can you just talk to us for a, a minute or two about how, how can we best support other homeschool moms? How do we do that? You, you've alluded to it a little bit here, but let's go into that a little more. So I, I, remember, so when, um, when my oldest was, when I was potty training my oldest and bless her heart, she was probably two, two and a half. And I was putting so much pressure on potty training. Cause you know how that is. Like when you have a toddler, everybody else, you, everybody else with toddlers is saying, well, my toddler was potty trained at three months old and you know, yeah. they've started college at five or whatever, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it feels that way. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can never measure a hurry potty train. Um, and I, a friend of mine came up to me and she put her arm around me and she just, she whispered in my ear and she said, no child has ever shown college in a diaper. And it was so freeing to me to think, wait a minute, why am I so stressed at two or two and a half that she's not potty trained? She's not ready. And I was taking all, I, I sucked. I'm kind of a joy kill anyway, when, when I get intense on something. And so I was just sucking all the joy out of everything because she had to potty train and it just was so freeing to hear. So then I've kind of used that in all of our phases of life. I, my son who now owns, um, the, that I was talking about before that owns the really big um, business, he, uh, he's dyslexic. And so he didn't read till he was almost 10. But I, I also include, I knew he was a sharp kid. And so I knew that there wasn't, I didn't realize he was dyslexic, but I, I knew that he was going to be able to read and, it, and I just had that confidence in him. 
Um, and though I was worried, why can't he read? Why is this so hard? Um, I just kept thinking, okay, he will be able to read. He's not going to show up at college because, you know, he was young. So I didn't know he wasn't college bound at the time, but um, he's not going to show up at college and not be able to read. We will get this. And, you know, we were constantly making strides forward. And um, then of course, once we figured out that he had dyslexia, we changed things up and, you know, he's awesome. So, but, but um, as far remembering to, in order to encourage other homeschool moms is to put yourself kind of in their shoes and either to remember what it's like or to imagine what it's like. Like you can't always, you're not always going to be one step ahead of the person that you're with, but if instead of judging or, um, like I said, I spent a lot of years saying, oh, I'm so glad we homeschool. So my kids will never have to struggle with that. And they did. It was, it's the world is around us and there's tough stuff that everybody has to walk through. And, and kids are kids and they don't always have their brain turned on. <laughs> so it just is true. And so I, I really think again, digging into that authenticity and majoring on the majors and remembering that the minors are really just minor things. Um, there's a lot of pressure to teach your kids to read, to potty train your kids. And, and especially if they are college bound, you know, you, you have, you do have a list of hoops that you have to jump through and you have to do these things. But when you remember the vision of where you're, where you're taking them. So when, when a parent is struggling with, with whatever season that their kids are in, when they just have someone who will listen. And if you've been through it, you can have, you can, um, you know, offer the advice that you have, but if you haven't just by putting yourself in their shoes and trying to understand just how hard it would be and, but allowing the authenticity. Um, I have, I have a good friend who has, she just isn't a good housekeeper. She just isn't. I don't even notice when I go to her house. I mean, I, I say that delicately because I would never want her to say, oh, that was rude. But you have to understand that I would rather be at her house than anyone else's. And I don't care if I have to move laundry over to sit on the couch because, oh my gosh, I feel so loved when I'm there. Like it's, I would rather move her laundry over and feel loved than walk into a pristine house or, um, and it's the same with authenticity. I think if, if you can't share the hard stuff and if you can't walk through it together, and, you know, walk and help each other through it, pull each other out of the mud when you need to, then, um, it's just, it's just kind of pointless. I, I think, um, you need to be able to, to connect in that way. So if we don't have to have our perfectly polished lives, um, at all, and I just think it's really important to remember that. Yeah. I love that so much because, you know, as homeschool moms, we are all going on a, the same journey. We're all on our own journeys, but it is kind of the same journey and we need allies. You know, mm -hmm. we need those people who can remind us of our vision, who can remember what it was like or imagine what it was like. I love that because, you know, it's, we don't always remember. Sometimes it's, we have to imagine if we haven't gone through that before and, and just not judging each other. It's like, we really just, when we can encourage and provide hope and, um, you know, 
that sort of thing for other homeschool moms. What it does is, yes, it up, uplifts those homeschool moms around us. And it doesn't mean we have to be like way far down the path on the homeschool journey. We can do this even if you just barely started. We can all encourage those around us. But I've noticed that when I take the opportunity to encourage those around me who are on this homeschooling journey too, it reminds me of my vision too. And it reminds me that I can still keep going on this path too. I mean, we've both been doing this for like 20, whatever, whatever years, but we're still going too. Cause I, you have a fifth grader. I, I have a fifth grader too. I actually just <laughs> forgot she's in fifth grade. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we still have some years ahead of us too. And you know, all, while my days are a lot easier now, just because of things I have learned, I still have hard days too, you know? And so it is wonderful when we can do that for each other, when we can bring hope and encouragement, because it is not the easy road to pick to homeschool. It's definitely not, but it's so, so worth it. So worth it, I think, in every sense of the word. All right. Well, Tandy, thank you so much for hopping on this podcast and helping us just to remember to encourage those around us and that it is a journey, but man, it's so fun. If you were talking to a homeschool mom who was just feeling the overwhelm, we've all been there, you know, and just feeling like I can't do this. I'm going to send the kids back to school. What words of advice would you give to her? Oh, man. I think it's a little bit situational, but the basic advice that I would give is stop teaching altogether. And I, we did that several times. We did have a friend who calls it. Um, I don't know if she, I don't know if this would be a free schooling um, And I know, um, I don't know if that's what she would call it if it was done over and over, but I just call it like a refreshment time. Um, and I think sometimes it's important just to put the books away and to realize, to get back to the heart of your kids, look them in the eye, hear what their concerns are. Like not only put school away, but don't talk like, which is the hardest thing for me because I want to solve everyone's problems all the time, especially my kids. Like, I don't like it when they're struggling. I want to solve it. I want to fix it. I want to move on because I want them happy, but that isn't what they need. <laughs> so, um, and we did this several, several times and and I, it was, it was kind of clunky at first. And, um, but over time I'd get better at just relaxing and letting that. And sometimes it would be with all with, cause the, our, it's like, I had two families. I have old, my older set. And then I have my daughter. Um, so with the older kids, sometimes it'd be with all three of them that we just stop school and we might stop for a week or two. And believe me, I would know in the back of my head that, oh my gosh, you know, this means we're going to have math added on at the end of the year or something like I knew I was well aware of the consequences, but I also was aware of the consequences if we didn't. Um, and when I was at my wits end and when they were at their wits end and we were just butting heads constantly, then something was desperately wrong and we had to find out what the problem was. So then as the noise got louder, I knew we had to fix it. It's just like with your car. If your car is making noise, you don't keep driving it and pushing it. Um, you will stop and find out, you know, when you're thunk, 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 when you realize you have a flat tire, you don't just keep driving, <laughs> you stop, you figure out what the problem is, 
you fix the problem and then you get back on the road or, you know, whatever. But, um, your kids are little human, precious souls. And if you don't take the time to build the relationship with them at all times when they're young, then, um, you won't have that relationship when they're older. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Really good advice. And I mean, sometimes, you know, moms and kids will butt heads, but that is the opportunity to learn and grow to figure out how to build that relationship. (laughs) Totally. You know, and even if you didn't build the relationship when they were younger, it is never too late, never too late. It just makes it easier, but you know, never too late. So that's good because, you know, sometimes it's okay to just give yourself permission to stop and breathe. The world's not going to fall apart if you don't do all the things, even though sometimes it seems that way because you're the mom. It does. It does. Put all that pressure on yourself to make sure that gets done. <laughs> so we're going to give you permission. You can breathe. You can, you can adjust and, and halt the overwhelm and just look and see why that's happening, you know, and, and that's, that's a really good time to just stop, refresh, readjust, and you're going to have a growing opportunity and it may not be the lesson that you had planned on the checklist, but that's the beautiful thing about homeschooling is that we can see those lessons more clearly because they're right in our face. (laughs) So That's, that's exactly right. All right. Well, Tandy, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. If people did want to reach out to you and find you um, or contact you, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, how could they do that? Probably the way to find me right now is on Facebook, just under my regular profile, Tandy Hogate. We do have um, homeschool hindsight that we're in the process of launching, but um, it's an absolute tiny baby. So it's really not, um, it would probably be really hard to find. So, um, I would love to connect with other homeschoolers on Facebook. It just, um, especially anybody that has questions about homeschooling or feels like they're in the, just in the mud or, um, I just, I understand we've, we've been in all sorts of mud (laughs) so and we made it out alive by the skin of our teeth sometimes, but we made it out. (laughs) Well, that is awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Thank you so much for having me, Molly. This was really fun. Yes, thank you. All right. Thanks for listening to the Building Heroes podcast. Can you help more people join the Building Heroes movement by sharing this podcast? More people can find it when you subscribe to the show, rate it, leave a review. For more help on building heroes in your home, get the free building heroes resources at www.buildingheroesacademy.com.